Brilliant. Get it, J-Lo. Get it. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Jason Galvin, Jason Logan here on Life's a Drag Podcast. It's a fantastic day. As you can see in the background, we're going to Vegas, baby. Woo! Woo! Vegas! I don't even understand why I have so much energy today. Maybe it's all the news surrounding the great sport that we are participating in, Mm -hmm. the NHRA, uh, Jason Galvin. It has been a like a fire sale of information. Somebody opened a fire hose and started shooting out information today. They said, here you go, you people. You want some? Want to know something? Here you go. Oh, title sponsor. Fire hose is a little better. Fire sale makes it sound like... Uh, yeah, that's true. That's a good call. Like fire hose. Cheapen. This is not, not your best moment there. Sorry. Well, hey, listen. Hey, like uh, I was talking to our guest backstage while we were waiting for you. Yeah. And uh, I told her, hey, it's all, it's all content. If it's 75% good, we'll take it. It's an average. But uh, Jason Galvin, what's been going on since Dallas with you? Dude. Yeah, I you know enjoyed a nice weekend off. My boy had a birthday. We oh, that's right. Happy birthday, JJ. Life was good. Happy How- JJ. How- Happy birthday. Dude, we walked around singing that song like nonstop, <laughs> Ah, the best. How yeah, uh, how birthday. how was AJ's birthday party? I know that you J- had zero alcohol at this party, and you made it through. You're here. I know, isn't oh, God? That was I was worried about that too. I was like, how are we gonna have a boozeless birthday party? But we got through. It was good. You know, turned five, went to the jump park, brought some of his friends, cousins, and whatnot. Life life was good. It was great. He got a bike. Ooh, um, actually, yes. I tell you what, cool cool story. Uh, because. You know, we're a drag racing podcast, doesn't really talk about drag racing, right? But um, walked, I should have posted a picture of it, walked into a Walmart a couple of weeks ago looking for a bike. And I was on the phone with my uncle, Pat Galvin. Those of you who don't Name know, drop. Pat Galvin, longtime crew chief, 1978 U.S. Nationals champion, crewing for Tom Boone, which is why it's so important, right? Name so um, walked into Walmart. I was on the phone with Pat because I worked for him during the week. And... Um, my wife is looking at bikes and I'm like spaced out. Right. And mentally I, I look up and I see this bike and I'm like, wow, that's a sexy bike. And it's got pegs on the front of it for you to do tricks. And it's black and like a neon orange. It just looks cool. Right. It's got the training wheels on it, which she oh, needs for a bike, you know, but I was like, dude, this is, but it looks cool. Like it looks like a cool bike. And I looked at it and I read it. Mongoose. Mongoose, I'm on the phone with Pat. And I go, Pat, you know they still make Mongoose BMX bikes? He goes, no, I, I know Schwinn bought the company. You know, I know it's been a long time. I, didn't, I said, I'm standing at Walmart right now staring at one. Like, felt like it was meant to be. If you go look at the Tom McEwen uh, funny cars from the 70s, you will right. see BMX bicycles, stickers on the front of it. So on the 78 Indy car, crew chief Pat Galvin, right over the yellow part of the fairing on the front wheel, and right below it, BMX bicycles. This guy named Bill Miller's company, Billy Bones, turned into Mongoose BMX, eventually got sold. Billy Bones was like our grandpa. I lost my grandpa when I was five. My cousins were like my siblings. Everybody at the track calls them my siblings. I uh, never met them, obviously. They passed away before they were born. And Billy Bones was like the grandpa for the family. And to tell you that that was like one of those like holy shit moments in life where like it just like felt like something was meant to be super, super cool moment for me. I literally like cried when we bought the bike bought it right there it's badass uh everybody in my family thought it was cool like like one of those just like meant to be things right and my kid thinks it is the most 
bitching thing he's ever had in his That's life. That's awesome. Which warms my heart because literally every day he comes home from school and he's like, Daddy, can I ride my bike? So I just quit. Anyways, worked out yeah, really that, well. Tied into drag racing. That's awesome. awesome. Let me ask you this question because when my kid turned five, yeah. uh, he's now 12. Uh, we, did you like, did, did your wife like lose her mind and like just go completely overboard on this party or did uh, <laughs> did she keep it under wraps? Because I have a fun story. Uh, no, J- JJ knew the party was coming. Okay, well, my kid knew the party was coming and uh, my wife, there's this uh, petting farm. Like it's a little mini zoo. And, uh, and we, I guess everybody goes to these parties out there. Well, my wife decided she needed to, uh, like customize everything. We had customized Cooper water bottles. We had customized Cooper, uh, Cooper's name was on everything. And I'm like, what the hell did you just buy? And she's like, it, he only turns five once. We did it for the other ones. I go, yeah, but I was like 10 years ago. I don't remember for all the other ones. I mean, I go, how much, don't worry about how much money I spent. Well, then all of a sudden he invited like his entire class. Well, his entire class came and I'm not, I'm going to say, I'm not going to say it anyways. He, uh, because it's really bad what I was going to say anyways, (laughs) when he brought, when the friends, his classmates came, well, their entire families came and we were getting like a discounted rate at this place. It was like $12 a kid to come in when it's like usually 25. So it was like, okay, you know, we'll figure it out. There was, we probably had 50 people at this stupid birthday party at like $12 a pop. And I'm like, what? On top of all the other crap that we just did? I go, you have, I went back and looked how much she spent. I was like, no, 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 never again will this kid have a birthday party like this. But now this kid's like the mayor of Orlando. He's, his social agenda is like he's covered. I mean, he was at birthday parties this past weekend. Uh, hey, can Cooper come and spend the night? Hey, Cooper. He's like bold by every dude. <sighs> We've created a monster over here. I, I can't. And then my wife just feeds into it by like, oh my God, he needs this. I'm like, no, he doesn't. Like he's at his, <laughs> at his school. They have a, uh, he has a, tr- a chance to go during the summer to play soccer in Spain, in Madrid. Well, that's all well and good, but it costs like 2,600 bucks for the trip it's 10 days but then i gotta fly over there that's another two thousand dollars for a plane ticket i'm like um yeah he's not going i don't care how i unless somebody in spain and real madrid says hey we want to look at your kid we, we might think he could be part of our okay then i'll spend the money but that ain't happening yet my wife's like we should find the money we should i'm like no and hra does not pay me that kind of scratch to be like <laughs> traveling to Europe, I got to curtail the spending around here. It's really bad. Uh, Hence the JJ's, reason why I'm J- going to Vegas. JJ so is like get... the uh, JJ is like the uh, social butterfly of, uh, of Bakersfield schools. So I get so you it. said, yeah, you know, you're, you've got the same problem I got, dude. That's why we like JJ. JJ's the man. Um, all right, so big news this week. Actually, today, Jason, uh, were you were you surprised? To see that, or were you not surprised to see that Mission is going to be our new title sponsor uh, for uh, NHRA Drag Racing? I was I, I was a little surprised at the timing of the announcement. I guess I don't know. I guess okay. I kind of figured that uh, that we would hold it for this weekend or leading into SEMA, but uh, but I was not totally surprised. I have heard Mission floated around uh, from some non NHRA people, but people who would be in the know for a while. And um, and it makes sense. I think it's a phenomenal fit. 
They obviously came in hot and heavy this year with the Too Fast, Too Tasty Challenge. Um, I'm most excited about it because we get to listen to Alan call it the Too Fast, Too Furious Challenge once a weekend, <laughs> uh, every weekend next year. <laughs> Dude, I was uh, thinking about that. I was thinking about that. I'm like, I go, how the heck did they sign that? Because Alan called it that the entire season. <laughs> And then my idiot ass is over there. Correct himself. So yeah, my idiot uh, self is over at the autograph sessions. I'm like between yeah, between doing what I do between Alan and I, I don't even know how they even wanted to be part of the sport anymore. Yeah, Uh, but I think it's great. Look, missions come on big in racing in general. Um, The stuff that they've done with flat track racing has been really big. Um, Obviously, their increased involvement in IndyCar with Pato Award has been uh, huge and. And I, I love it for multiple reasons. Uh, not not endemic, right? It's not an automotive company. Um, I I love Camping World in in their association, but even Camping World, and we could talk about activation, this and that, and you know, the public's all got an opinion. By the way, Camping World extended uh, there; they'll be with NHRA too for two more years on top of next year. Now, as a major associate sponsor of the sport, so like obviously, Camping World has seen the value. They just didn't think that being the primary sponsor was. The best fit and i think that's fair but I, part of that is like camping world like even if like like activation right you have to go to a camping world store for activation to matter you don't go to walmart and buy camping world products right sure um in, in fact you would go to good sam right so um look mission is a nationally internationally recognized brand i would argue that 95 percent plus of america See the mission logo and immediately know what it is. Tortillas, tortilla chips, Mexican branded snacks, right? Um, so it it there's there's the diversity twist to it. Obviously, with it being a Latino food uh, product, um, obviously Americans love tacos. It's not come on. You ever been to Del Taco on Taco Tuesday? You guys don't have Del Taco back east, but you got to see the lines on Taco, Taco Tuesday Bell. here. Yeah, you get Taco Tuesdays there because Taco oh, Tuesday yeah. here is insane. Um, but. Um, it's great. They've been a huge partner already. Um, their activation stand at the track is fun. I would imagine that's only going to grow and be bigger now. The in-store stuff, I think, is mega. Uh, because, frankly, how many times do we talk about it? I get frustrated and, frankly, annoyed. Um, and, and I'm a huge IndyCar fan. But I consistently try, try to make an argument that I think that our sport is significantly larger than IndyCar on a, on a week-to-week scale. But IndyCar has one race to their credit it is absolutely my favorite sporting event on planet earth every year like i love the indy 500 i love everything oh, about sorry. it yeah, st petersburg Saint exactly yeah st <laughs> pete yeah yeah no we're talking texas oh wait. um yeah, right. but uh but uh i you know i i from a week-to-week standpoint you make an argument that we're at least as big as indycar but i don't think we get that run because we don't have the indy 500 and i get that but i think mission could be a company that could help take us to that level of being at least a little more um you know, publicly recognized and and not having to be the diehard person who grew up in drag racing to um, at least recognize what our sport is and and the benefits of it. So I I love everything about it. I think it's phenomenal. Yeah. Then let me ask you this because I've never been to the Indy 500. But do you you know what I'm going to ask this question here when we're going to bring our guest on because she knows a whole heck of a lot more. Bring her on. Let's bring her on. Yeah, she knows. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest right now, she's a freelance writer with a passion for motorsports and a two-time George Cunningham Writer of the Year Award winner from the National Motorsports Press Association. Wow, Jason, that sounds almost as impressive as your uh, your Emmy Awards, dude. I think it's more impressive. 
It's more I think it might be. Currently, she's the lead writer of NASCAR uh, for Rider.com. Or let me back up. Currently, the lead Racer. NASCAR writer com. for Racer.com and the host of the Racing Riders podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the one, the only Kelly Crandall. <laughs> oh my gosh. See how we could screw things up, Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I was still laughing from you pointing out that Reinhardt calls it the Fast and the Furious challenge because does. that is absolutely hilarious. It made me laugh every time he did it. Dude, it's, it's funny. Fast and the Furious movies, but I don't think that's what he was talking about. Right. No, and, I don't he, think so. and he says it so quickly. Like it took me a second to figure out, hey, we're over here for the uh, Mission Too Fast to Taste, the autograph session. And, uh, but it was like, it was plastered everywhere. Too Fast to Taste. So that's how I get my cues. But in that booth, I mean, you're just looking down track, and you, I, I, I get how he does it and why he does it. But yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> it took me a little bit to get the saying myself when it was first introduced this year. I kept getting it wrong every time I was talking to somebody about it, but eventually it stuck. I don't know if I ever called it the Fast and the Furious Challenge, though. I think I struggled on the two. It was the beginning of it. I too too fast, too tasted, too what, and that was what got me. But yeah. eventually, it became yeah. second nature. So well, and especially if you're not getting inundated with emails and uh, how to say things, and hey, this is who's going to be in it this week, and yeah, you you kind of yeah, I get it. Ooh, look at our friend Allie Bland's there pointing out the obvious. <laughs> of course, Kelly, Kelly star Crandall, of star of the show. Why do you think we asked her to be on? Right, so Kelly, big day in, in, in drag racing, but uh, you uh, you like a lot of motorsports. And before Jason got, he was talking about the Indy 500. Um, have you been to the Indy 500? I have not been to it. I've watched it, of course, for many, many years. And I've heard so much about what the experience is like to do it in person. And I keep having people try to recruit me to do it in person. But right. I think as long as I'm covering NASCAR, I'm not so sure that, that the boss that. is going to let me do that. There's well, that, me, that stupid race in Charlotte on Sunday night. Yeah, right. that, that 600 mile. You know what you should do? Hour long race. Listen, listen I've already do got it. this handled for you. Okay. You can call your boss after the show. Be like, look, I've, I, I'm going to pitch my first story idea for the 2024 season. Okay, and it's going to be a, it's going to be a retrospective following kyle larson's day pulling the double and then you can just ride on kyle's jet back to charlotte yeah. and we'll get to go to the 500 see it's great yeah it's jason do you honestly think that you're the first person who has thought about yes, that absolutely 100 you know, motorsports is about 30 something deep at this point <laughs> galvin i hey you're the first person to bring it up on this show so exactly yeah. it's all so, that matters yeah so kelly you're, you're you're inundated and your your first love is nascar um, or at least that's where that pays the bills, right? That let's just call it what it is. Right. Um, but to Jason's point, the Indy 500 and uh, NHRA, I, I agree with Jason that we are, I think we're on the same level with IndyCar and, and NHRA fan wise and uh, engagement. But being at uh, all the NASCAR races you go to and NHRA, I liken NHRA or NASCAR and IndyCar, it's such a big place, it's such a big track. It's a better thing on TV than like our sport. Like everybody says, you got to come to our sport. You got to come to NHRA. You don't, you will never get the full feel of NHRA until you show up at a track and hear, you know, 22,000 horsepower leave the line and get blasted with nitro in your face while you're walking through the pits. Would you say that's a fair assessment? 
Oh, absolutely. And I've, I have said that the last couple of years when people have asked me to compare NASCAR and NHRA, once I started doing more drag racing is they wanted to know what the draw is. They want to know what the difference is from a fan perspective, from a media perspective. And NASCAR is very much probably better suited for television. It's great to go experience a race. I'm never going to tell people not to experience a race because I'm 33 years old. I grew up loving the sport. I still love to walk in to a racetrack and experience NASCAR races. But the difference is you can watch a NASCAR race on, on TV and fully understand what's going on and probably have a better perspective of what's going on based off of the information you're getting from the broadcast. Whereas with drag racing, you truly cannot appreciate what is going into those three seconds unless you are there taking it all in. Drag racing is much more, I would say, a sensory experience than probably any other motorsport. So again, to truly understand what's going into those three seconds, you have to feel it, you have to smell it, you have to hear it. And then you have to go back into the pits, of course, and then see how how a team even gets to those three seconds. So yeah, I would definitely say NASCAR is, is something that again, go to the racetrack, enjoy it. NASCAR, I would say though, the difference with NASCAR and NHRA is that another difference is NASCAR when it comes to their activation and the sponsor activations and fan experience, there's a little bit more than what NHRA has to offer. So NASCAR gets the nod on in that category. Well, yeah, I, I get that because you've got yeah. multi- you know, million dollars, not that NASCAR or NHRA doesn't have that, but they're also playing to 300,000 people in Daytona on a given weekend. So they're going to dump a ton of money and they're going to, mm -hmm. you know, have a huge footprint, but there also is a huge footprint out there, uh, you know, for all of that stuff. And you're dealing yeah, with the, the racetracks. If you look at just what racetracks, NASCAR racetracks have done in recent years of redoing, whether it's the infield or redoing, the outside of racetracks to just fit in more like what more activity can they give a race fan? Because the thing I think in NASCAR that, that the sport, the teams, the sponsors, the racetracks we're all discovering is, is what's been a topic of conversation is that fans want more than just the cars on the racetrack in NASCAR right now. So it's, it was, it's really turned into what more, what, what can we do to get them to the racetrack and what can we give them at the racetrack before they go sit in the grandstands and watch that car. Um, but JLo, as you said, NASCAR racetracks also have a bigger footprint, right? There, there, there's a bigger footprint to do all of that, whether it's kid zones and fan zones and merchandise haulers and simulators and whatever it may be. Whereas at drag racing, there's merch haulers. Look, I go, I go walk merch haulers all the time. I love doing that. Nitro mall is awesome. The teams have their stuff. Um, you know, there's different activities, but yeah, it's definitely different compared to what NASCAR. So, I mean, we can keep going down this rabbit hole of <laughs> kind right. of breaking down the I college. also think, though, like, you know, like, so as somebody who grew up going to a lot of NASCAR races um, out here, uh, we had uh, motorhome spots at, at California Speedway, rest in peace. And um, and I, I went to the IndyCar, went to the kart races and the IndyCar races there, too. Um, but I, I think, I think the style of event is different, right? Especially now compared mm -hmm. to like 15 or 20 years ago you know 20 years ago you went to an NASCAR. you know i remember going to california speedway you know 2001 2002 and at 8 a.m friday morning race cars were on the track and there wasn't more than 30 minutes 
at any point throughout the day. And that was usually the 30 minutes that the law required them to be silent so that the health workers and safety workers could have lunch and go to the bathroom, right? Where the track was dry um, from Friday morning through the end of the Xfinity Bush Series race Saturday night, right? I mean, the cup cars had three practices and Xfinity had two, and then there was an ARCA race and, and, and there's, yeah. And there's none of that now. And so I think you have Mm -hmm. to offer that type of stuff to the fan who buys a ticket. You buy a Saturday ticket, Saturday tickets haven't gone down in an Xfinity race. In fact, they've probably gone up like everything else in in the world over the last 20 years. But instead of showing up at 8 a.m. and you get final cup practice qualifying, Xfinity qualifying, happy hour, Xfinity race, now you show up and you get Xfinity qualifying and the Xfinity race. But it's a 3 o'clock race because you're trying to get in the prime time for television. And so you, you, I feel like those things have to be offered more. And to NHRA's credit, I think we're starting to see more of that. Charlotte this year, I thought was a good example with the freestyle motocross stuff and yeah. whatever. And and there's you know there's some people working behind the scenes um, who I think see kind of some of that NASCAR model and realize that like we also just live in an era where people want and expect more, you know, at like all times. Um, and so I think that's just kind of part of it. But there's also more. I feel like there's more to do at an NHRA race without having some of that stuff like if you're really into the racing aspect right like you go to a nascar race you can't go walk through the garage and watch them rebuild the cars unless you spend an asinine amount of money on a garage pass which by the way as somebody who's been an announcer at nascar races and tracks for several years and has had garage access is kind of really overrated like there's not really a lot that happens in a NASCAR garage no especially these days yeah yeah it's not it's not 1992 um you know so so i like i feel like that part of the experience is just drastically different yeah no you're you're absolutely right and you hit on it it's because nascar has the track schedule has changed so as you said we ha- we the industry and the teams and the sponsors and the racetracks are trying to find ways of fans are saying we want more we want more when we're at the racetrack whereas nhra you hit on it your schedule the nhra schedule i think is is better laid out in that regard because yes, there's, there's tons to do, but the on track schedule is so compact and so full that you really can't overdo it with what you offer people because there's so much racing going on that they're going to be in the grandstands. So it, yeah, the, the, the racing schedule for NHRA is much different in that regard because there's only so much you can fit in. Whereas you, you constantly have cars on the racetrack. NASCAR doesn't anymore. Right. Well, and uh, I, you know, to Jason's point before, there's some smart people smarter than us that are trying to figure this out out there, and uh, but they keep putting me and Jason in the middle of it, and uh, like Talk about the lowest bar ever, Jason. I know, Morgan. right? You know, there's some people hey. smarter than us working on something. Yeah, and then you guys have to go execute our, you know, equals MC squared, and uh, okay. You know, like we have the we have the uh, the Nitro Alley stage where we're you know Jason's done stuff up there. He's had segments. I have I you know ask ten questions with Jason just to yeah you know, just to give people a little more uh, area and time to talk to or hear from drivers, which I think and I you know and I, going back to NASCAR, like I'm I, I live in Orlando, so I go to Daytona and the, what they've done in that infield and where you can walk on top of the garages and that whole thing. You know, I've I've we've done events and gigs uh, for uh, the 500 and the 400 race, and you know th- we interview drivers and and up on the main stage, and you know it's it's things like that, and 
it's shocking to see uh, people that will come out and uh, just listen to people talk about their carburetor and how they're, you know, him, them and their granddad, you know, yeah. ran moonshine and they stuff back in the they, day. They don't, they don't have carburetors anymore, Jalen. Like what? I, yeah, I don't know. I'm still talking 1992. Well, race fans, and I think this probably applies to drag racing fans too, but uh, I experience it, of course, from the NASCAR side, is race fans nowadays are so smart. And I mean this as a compliment, but they're also so nosy that yeah. JLo, as you said, they want to know everything. Right. And whether it's on X, formerly Twitter, whether whether it's on there or whether it's in mailbag questions that I have to answer for racer.com, the questions that people ask about the 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 things that I personally, because maybe I'm in the sport, so to me are just I look at them and I'm like, that's what you really want to, that's what you're so concerned about. <laughs> that detail, that is what you care about. Um, but again, I think it's because race fans just in general nowadays, they 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 have evolved so much. They want to know details. They want to know everything. I don't, you know, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. But JLo, as you said, when you have these events, right, and you put people in front of them, whether it's drivers or crew chiefs, they're gonna they're gonna stand there and they're gonna listen and they're probably gonna have a hundred questions. <laughs> of course, listen. We have uh, Fan Fest uh, on Thursday night in Vegas, which is gonna it's one of the best Fan Fest, as Joe Casella says, in any sport that we have. We're gonna have pretty much all the drivers, uh, all our pro categories out there. I'm gonna be playing music and asking questions. Uh, Fremont well, Street, you left uh, that Fremont part Street. Out. Yeah, we're Fremont, Fremont Street. Street from five yes. to seven. We are we are the freak show on Fremont Street this week. Yeah, Great. we're take we take over that stage down, uh, down towards the. I just the love end. how I was in Vegas last weekend, and now NHRA goes this weekend. Yeah, and the three of us start a petition to get NASCAR and NHRA to play together so we can have a combined weekend. So I get to do both. <laughs> right. Well, listen, we we did it with Taylor Swift. I don't understand why we can't do it with. Uh, yeah. Next Taylor time. Swift literally copied our schedule and followed yeah. us around all summer. Like, the West Coast swing. So, yeah, anyways, back to my point. You will at this fan fest. You will people will have carts, cart. You know, the the, the autograph seekers will be there, but then there'll be the the, the people that'll just stop and John Force. I love you so much. And they got to touch, feel, and then they got to ask him a question. I whenever I'm out there, and I I say this all the time. I tell people all the time. I said, listen, these are celebrities. Do not make eye contact with them. Don't touch them. <laughs> Don't talk about how you and your grandpappy built a sand rail and uh, you how you raced it back in 1972 and you were and you were there and you saw us do it. Don't talk sand about that rail. stuff. And I say it, I say it to them oh, with a smile rail. on my face. But and I go, I'm just joking. Go ahead, you do whatever you need to do. But I'm like, no, I'm not joking. I'm being totally serious. They have a, they have a schedule. And let's go. They don't want to hear your dumb questions. So if I was a driver, I've thought about this before. If I was a driver, not that I want to be a driver, but hypothetically, if I was a driver or celebrity, you know how fans will walk up and they'll say, I met you or do you remember this when right. you know we met? Like, however, I would hate that if I was a celebrity or a driver because I would feel terrible if I didn't remember. Listen, I went back to I'm my team. Nice of a person. I went there is nobody in our sport better at answering that question than Ron Caps, by the way. Like Ron Cla Ron Caps, Ron Caps could probably, if Napa ever went anywhere, Ron could fund the funny car just by holding a, a 
professional driver's clinic on how to respond to fans who ask those questions <laughs> and just charge you can charge every driver in NASCAR, yeah. IndyCar, HRA, IMSA, Formula One, Superbikes, whatever. Charge them all like a grand each. It'll fund the funny car for the year. And like you literally watch him. People walk up to him and they're like, and, and this happens at nostalgia races all the time because Ron's really into that and goes to all of those. And they walk up and they're like, hey, Ron, yeah. Uh, uh, we met at Fremont in 1987. And do you remember? This? And Ron will be like, Ron will literally go, yeah. And then he'll just repeat basically what they just said. And it makes the fan be like, yeah, he remembers. And then like they'll walk away and Ron will literally look at you and be like, Huh. Like he's phenomenal. That maybe I just gave a sauce away, but I highly doubt the fans. The fans who are asking those questions aren't listening to this podcast, so. right? And I, I'm I'm the jerk though because at my ten year high school reunion, some guy walked to me and goes, "Hey, remember me?" And I go, "No, I don't remember you." He goes, "We we had this class together." I go, "Okay, I still don't remember you." But he was trying to be smart about like, "Oh, you don't, you're never gonna remember me." Like, like I, you was too cool to talk. I'm like, dude, I don't know who you are. It's the Every every driver needs every driver needs to watch. Uh, well, I get, look this this will this will prove that I have a young kid that neither of you have. Um, show of hands, have you seen Zootopia? I've seen it. Kelly, Kelly's Kelly's a no. See, there's a great scene. I'll I'll text to you after the show. It's a great scene in there, right? Where Officer Judy Hops gives her first press conference, and she's J Lo knows where I'm going. She's specific the the specific advice. The specific advice from the Fox is to answer the question you are asked with a question because it makes you sound smart, right? Right. With the it, with the you know, you know, like like literally the scene is like uh you know, like are are the animals dangerous? Are the animals dangerous? Yes, the animals are dangerous. Like <laughs> see as I said, I have a terrible memory. And I'm not a driver or anything, but I'm more well-known now than I used to be on social media. So when I go to tweet-ups at NASCAR races, which is a chance for fans to to hang out with some of us writers and just ask questions about the race. So I go to these and people will come up to me and tell me like what their social media handle is and asking if like, you know, remember me or I tweeted you this and I feel terrible because <laughs> I don't, I don't remember. I really don't. I don't even remember things my family or my fiance say to right. me and they'll recite a whole conversation that I apparently was in and I have no recollection of. See, it's a journalist thing. Cause I do that too. And my wife's like, you don't remember me telling you this. I, I don't. I apparently the only thing I remember are things about race cars and the books that I read everything else. This happened to me in Dallas. There, there's a guy here who's been like when we would our we were first starting to do this. He goes, "Hey man, your it uh, feeds going to your personal thing." Blah 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 blah. Derek Green and I was like, "Okay, thank you, Derek. Okay, great." Well, he came up in Dallas. He goes, "Hey, I'm Derek Green, and uh, I'm the one that keeps doing." I go, "Hey man, nice meeting you. Thanks. I appreciate all the help." Blah 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 blah. He it, he's a big uh, WFO guy, but that's the way you do it. You go, hey, I'm big you know who I am. I no, come here <laughs> and do yourself. Say hello. I didn't know Derek was in Dallas. I would like to meet him. I like Derek. It was there. He taught me how to do the sticker thing on my phone. Have you have I you updated it. your phone? I, I updated my phone, and now I can make stickers. It's pretty cool. Okay, J Lo, you're not allowed to talk about the word sticker because you let me down at Z Max. I was. Oh, we have. I know. I was a sticker. Now that I've been on the show, do you, are you going to mail it to me? Uh, we'll get it to you. Okay, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. I just, I just want proof here. 
I want proof of my my unwavering support. Oh, where's that camera going? Of, uh, wait, nope, not that wait, side. Yeah, other nope, side. Nope, nope, not nope, trophy hey. husband. There yep, it was. There it is. There it is. Look, it's on the laptop. Woo. There it is. Mine's not as cool as y'all's, but it's fine. I have one. So. So because he just showed that, what a perfect segue, Jason. What goes on on the Riders podcast? What, what do we talk about? We talk about racing. It's the Racing Riders podcast. Just like yeah, life's Come on, Jay, What type of silly question is that? We don't talk about drag racing on this show. We barely talk about some drag surfing. racing. The podcast. So the podcast for me to be to try to be serious for a minute. The the podcast for me was a way to. Um, it's additional content because as much as I would love to try to write a uh, hundred stories a day, because I'm an overachiever, that's also not possible. So the, the podcast is, is another way to get content out, but I love podcasts myself. And I love the fact that you can hear directly from someone, you can hear their tone, you can hear the context of a question and an answer. You can hear the emotion if it's something that really gets to them for whatever reason and it's a chance to do a, a longer conversation than maybe a 10 to 15 minute interview that I'm going to do for a print story so I started the podcast because I fell in love with podcasts myself and I was like you know this is just a great way to work on my interviewing skills in the process and just deliver something different for race fans so the, the podcast, the interviews on the podcast are not interviews that you're going to find on racer.com in the sense of whatever's happening here and now in the sport, that's going to be written. That's going to be on the website. The podcast is more evergreen, more digging into someone, who they are, what makes them tick, their background, um, maybe reliving things from their career, going through who they are. So it's like a, for it's me, like a spoken was, profile piece. Yeah, it just checked all the boxes of I love podcasts and this is a way to introduce people to many other people in this industry that may not get a lot of attention or aren't well known. So, yeah, that's kind of what we we kind of started with, because, listen, everybody and everybody when we, Jason and I started this, we realized everyone's got a stupid podcast. <laughs> Everybody's talking about drag racing, everybody, you know, or everybody's talking about NASCAR. Everybody's talking about, you know, whatever the subject. Everybody's talking about Crown Royal. There's, you know, there's 5,000 podcasts about that. So, I mean, how do you, how do you yourself cut through the minutia and the uh, Celsius that we're going to talk about Peach Vibe tomorrow? How do you, how do you sep separate yourself from all the other NASCAR podcasts and racing podcasts? No, that's a really good point because I said the same thing to myself when I was going to start my podcast, which is there's millions and millions of podcasts out there. Everybody, can, it, it's such an easy platform to use. I mean, you can put out something that's five minutes, 10 minutes, five hours long, and you can put it out there in the world. Right. So I struggled with that. And I said, if I was going to do something for, for a podcast, I knew it couldn't be something that was going to be basically the same of what I should be writing for the website, as I mentioned. Right. And I don't really like offering opinions. So I didn't want it to be something to where I was going to sit behind a microphone and just start spewing garbage about whatever happened in NASCAR that weekend, because there's plenty of other people who are more well-spoken and have better opinions than I do. So that's when I landed on, if I'm going to do this, how can I sit down and 
and just dig into who someone is and, and focus just on interviews. It's, as I said, it, I'm not going to recap news. I'm not going to give opinions on what's going on in the world. The podcast is strictly going to be focusing on whoever the guest is that weekend and what their story is, or at least what story I'm trying to get out of them for that episode. So for instance, this week's episode is with Alba Cologne, who worked for General Motors for 23 years. She was the liaison between Chevrolet and its NASCAR teams. Rick Hendrick snatched her away from Chevrolet to just work for Hendrick Motorsports. Alba's well-known in the NASCAR industry. She has a phenomenal backstory. She has given interviews before. So when I sat down and prepped for mine, it was how much can I take from those previous interviews so she's not necessarily repeating herself? And then how much of something new and different can I can I mix in? So for me, it was a combination of getting to know her and a little bit of how she got here and, and retelling some of what she's told before about wanting to be an astronaut when she grew up, but also talking about she's this brilliant engineer NASCAR introduced a brand new, radically different race car last year. How much of a challenge was that for her? So it, it, it was a mixture between, again, get to know someone and what's something, what are new things I can throw in there so it's not the same type of interview that they've done before. So basically prepare for each interview. Oh, yeah. My process is we don't ridiculous. <laughs> my my process is is complete ridiculous. I have... I have, um, so I'm, I told, uh, Galvin, I told you this is that after I'm done with you guys later today, I'm recording another one of, of mine. So I have, I have a full notebook that will be filled with pages and pages of notes. Um, I have a second screen next to me. So I have, if I have to keep something up that I might want to refer to during an interview, but Oh yeah, I'm I'm digging through YouTube. I'll dig through podcasts. I'll dig through written stories. Whatever I can find on someone to feel to feel as comfortable and as prepared going into an interview, so that that person knows I'm not here to waste your time. I feel comfortable in what I know about you and what I've researched and what more I can I can pull from you. So no, I've never I've never gone into something just off the cuff. I can't I I can't do that. <laughs> Jayla, well, now you know now you know why you've never been a guest on the Raisin Writers podcast because of show. If Kelly started to do some research on you, she'd probably find some really inappropriate stuff. Well, yeah, you can't even talk about uh, racing or anything like that. Uh, yeah, well, maybe we should start drag racing guests on though. So say what? I've had plenty of drag racing guests on though. Some, some, some really three. good ones. Yeah. Jasmine Salinas. I would say name three. You don't name them four. three. Okay, let's see. Jasmine Salinas, Matt Hagen, Ron Caps, Antron Brown, Courtney Enders. Um, that's five. Yeah, all right, you've you've achieved. <laughs> she's, um, she's overachieving. Yeah, she said she was gone, an overachiever. You have gone above and beyond. So, uh, what's uh, give me yeah, like? I feel like I don't belong here. <laughs> no, you belong here. You belong. Slugger. With me. The, the, uh, I, I count. I count Slugger as a drag racer now. Oh yeah. Sl Slugger. Slugger's interview was phenomenal. I love that one. I learned he a lot was about really him. Good. Yeah. Jason, how many drag racing podcasts or racing podcasts do you listen to? On the regular, the only ones that I consistently listen to are Kelly's, Joe's, WFO, and and Brian Loans's NHRA Insider. Brian's gonna, I, Brian's gonna guess. I, yeah, see, there you go. I I that usually, <laughs> in in fairness to Loans, um, I usually only listen to his race preview ones. 
or if there's something like really compelling post-race if he has somebody on that i think is really compelling like i listened to the rob flynn one after the 300 deal um but i listened to all of those because i thought that was such a fascinating moment so I listen right, to yeah. I listen to Shake and Bake, and then I'll listen to WFO. But Shake and Bake gets too long, and I can't I can't sit there through all that. I can't watch them get drunk, and I'm not drinking. I'm can't be part of it. But like I, you know, my, why aren't you drinking? <laughs> That's your fault. I don't know. It's, it's all on me. I know. But like I DJ, you know, events, and I play music all the time at events. So I don't listen to music at all. Like. Like I'll listen to it, but it's like uh, it is not. I will listen to talk radio. I will listen to uh, podcasts, but it's like. I don't really get into, I don't want to hear any more about drag racing after I've left the track. You know what I mean? I just, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to listen about something else that kind of, I don't really know. Fires. Me I up do that with TV shows. I do that with racing TV shows because NASCAR, there's a, there's a couple, right? NASCAR studio shows right. and they do a great job. It's nothing against them, but it's like you said, if I'm, if I'm sitting here at night or whatever it may be. I'm not turning on race hub or NASCAR America, or I, I don't want to sit and listen to other people How talk about. You. I'm going to tell yeah, Caitlin you don't... Vincy, you don't watch her every night. It's... She's going to be hard. <laughs> Another name drop for Jason Galvin. The, uh, well, that's the whole thing. It, it, I know all day, but that's the whole thing. It's like, you, you've lived it. I don't, I, I can't, I can't relive it again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's probably a little bit of it. Right. Is I feel like, I feel like I should already know what they're talking about and I don't want to be influenced by whatever their opinion is or their spin on something. So um, now if they have a really interesting guest or there's a big something newsy going on that sure. I might tune in and be like, okay, how are, how are they addressing it? Or it, how is that guest addressing it? But I, yeah, in general, it's, I, I don't want to consume other people's con I feel like I should know it. I feel like I lived it. I right. feel like I, I talked about it. I wrote about it. I don't need to hear anymore. Now, it. what I'll what I'll do, and I don't know if you do this, uh, when people start posting on social media, I will read the comments. I don't need. I want to see how dumb the the comments get, and like yeah. you have no idea what you're talking about. And it's really good because I will not. I, someone on this podcast will respond to people. It won't be me because I don't speak uh, with higher authority on it. But that guy right there. Oops. That guy, he will respond sometimes. So this is where I get in trouble. Um, I have a problem with letting people, not a problem, but I'm, I feel like I'm on a mission to educate. Like I, I'm yeah, on yeah. A Do you feel the need to correct people who are just blatantly, stupidly yes. wrong? Because I have like, that problem. You have that major I, like, problem. If you're, if you're in the ballpark, I'm good with it. Like if you're right. in the ballpark, I might let it go. But if you were just like no. so far out to I left can't. field that it's I like. Can't. This, I'm serious. I, this is I struggle with you trouble. This is yeah, me like, too. No, the too. amount of people. Uh, the amount of colleagues that I have that I've had come up to me at the racetrack and they're like, girl, you got, you just, you got to stop. Like you're, you can't be fighting with people all the time. And I'm like, but people are stupid. And right. I, can't, I can't handle it. Like I can't, I can't like, 100%. I don't understand. 100%. Explain this to me. I don't understand. Like maybe it's because I don't think these people are real. Like I, I'm, I'm not convinced that there's stupid enough people that believe like, like facts are just not a thing. Like what they saw on the racetrack, 
didn't, didn't actually exist. happen. And yeah. they will argue with me that that's not what happened. And I, I, I can't just let it go. Like, I have to be like, no, I am, I, I know what happened and I need you to know what happened. So I need to, I need to educate you. And then it turns into a piss contest and then the insults start. And then I just want to fight everybody. And this is what gets me in trouble. And I need But that's what I love. That's yeah. the stuff I love, man. Listen, our friend Courtney Anderson because... goes in hard on people. Oh, oh hardcore, hardcore. And well, I, like I also see that was another thing that got me in trouble is because um, I went, I went after, I took it upon myself for some reason. <laughs> like Courtney needed me to fight her battles, but I saw the one dude on Facebook that was always giving her shit, and I was like, okay, I, I can't just be silent, like because now you're going after somebody that I know and that I like. So I just. I got blocked very quickly because I, I <laughs> well, yeah, you you're not the only one. You're not the only one. Right. You unflattering things. It's like, you know, you, you can't fight uh, with those people. And it's the, I, I just live to read crazy <sighs> comments. Like there's a, like I, I got drugged through the freaking streets one day on the NHRA fans thing. They're like, that DJ sucks. Why is he out there? That guy's the worst. I'm like, oh, this is great. I can drag. Yeah, but that, but that was factual at least. Yeah, right. I, I get you there. But, you know, but I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. And all of a sudden I said, I made a comment. I said, hey, well, thanks for coming and spending your money. I go, because I ain't going nowhere. And they were like, oh. But then I had one guy in an Orlando DJ forum explain. He goes, I have a client that, uh, and it was like, he went through this whole scenario. I, I gave him a price, and he didn't want to spend that amount of money. And da da da. da and I go, hey man, that's not a client. That's a customer. And if you don't know the difference, then you should probably be because I have this major problem where people go, oh, I have a client. No, you don't. You have somebody who just came to came to your website and says, hey, can you right. DJ my kid's birthday party for five? Uh, you know, right. for five dollars. Yeah. No, that's a customer. That's like yeah, a, cl a client. A client has you on a retainer, a right? Has like, that hey, you do multiple events hey, here's, for? Yeah, or, here's yeah, twelve hundred dollars a month. I need you for three hours each month. Like, yeah, like okay, if I go to Home that's, Depot that's and I have if I have the Home Depot credit card and I'm a pro at Home Depot, I'm a client at Home Depot's. I'm just right. like, man, that that bothers <laughs> yeah. me. That fires me up, Kelly Crandall. I will it's fight cool. you all day long. It's because Crandall's a Steelers fan. That's why she's so worked up. It's no, it's because I'm from New Jersey and I'm just ratchet sometimes and I can't control how myself. Do you, how do you, how does a, how does a New Jersey girl end up a Steelers fan covering NASCAR in the South? That's I know, I know, I know. Can I answer for wait, her, wait, please? No, no, no. Can I answer no, for her? No, because you don't know. And here's the thing I'm going to blow your mind even more. You think it's just the Steelers. If I was to lay out all of the teams that I root for, because this is actually a topic of conversation where people get to know me and my fiance thinks it's hilarious to throw me under the bus when we're talking to our friends or whoever, and he'll be like, ask her who she roots for. So okay. It's not so, 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 so real quick, let me ask you, is, is this the route you're going to go? Cause I had a friend in high school. He's like one of my best friends you who literally, he, he, he literally, he was, he, so Los Angeles. Okay. He was a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, an Arizona Diamondbacks fan, a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, a Michigan football fan and a UNC basketball fan. Terrible. Are, are you going to be all over the place like that? Hold on. Let me. I know she is. Let me tell you who she likes. Oh, she likes the Steelers because her dad liked the Steelers when they were winning four Super Bowls in a row. Nope. She likes the Braves because they nope. won all those championships. She nope. likes uh, well all those. They, they've won, won one. Like one. 
but yeah. they were so good. They were so good with that. Pitch. I mean, like one that one that's relevant. She like, likes the Bulls because Michael Jordan. Yeah, she's a front runner, Jason Galvin. Front runner. You didn't get any. You are o for three. I'm you got the Steelers. There's literally a sign oh, on the I wall see the behind. Sign you. Right oh, there oh, yes, the yes, the, yes, the, the the Steelers. Yes. Yeah. No, the right. Steelers. I became a Steelers fan because first off, I I like to say that I'm a little more intelligent than my dad, and he was a Giants fan. Um, and then right. he jumped ship and went to the Packers. Can't do it. Can't I, do it. N- no, and and especially with that former quarterback that they had, I was like, you're stupid. Um. So I became a Steelers fan because we had a family friend who's like basically an uncle. So when we watch, I grew up in a sports family, so we'd watch games. So it was either Giants or my grandmother was a Dallas Cowboys fan. And I was like, that's not happening. Um, So I just went to what the other games I was a kid. And I was like, okay, black and gold, black and yellow. Always talk about the Steelers. So I went that route. Now the, all the other teams. Front runner. You don't even know who they are, Jayla. I, I bet they won a world championship in the past twenty years. <laughs> she's a big Atlanta. She's a big Atlanta Thrashers hockey fan. Yeah, right. <laughs> totally. All right, so who are the rest? Yeah. Um, the Montreal well, they're Expos. Now, they're now the Anaheim Ducks, but I was a kid of the '90s when the Mighty Ducks uh, movies came yeah. out. Okay. I'll so, give you that. It's funny. Yeah. I just brought Mighty Ducks up yesterday. I said I got to show my five-year-old that. I bet he would love that movie. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay, but which, uh, which one's the best though? The movies? The first yeah. one. Stop with the second, second one. Oh, I think Allie and I actually talked about The second one's way this. better. No. The second one's one. way better. No. Second one. Dude, come on. All right, who's your favorite, who's your favorite ba- uh, baseball on. team? The second one taught me the difference between Iceland and Greenland. And I call college <laughs> soccer now. And the, and, the, and the captain of one of the women's teams that I cover is from Iceland. And I every time I say Lely Haldorstadter, I literally think of that nice. scene. 17 times a soccer game. Like, ah, oh, here's Haldor's daughter, bring it up to the midfield. And in my head, I'm thinking about Iceland screen, Iceland screen, Iceland screen. <laughs> I don't know if I was necessarily watching head. the movies for the educational value uh, there, Galvin. <laughs> I love it, though. But what about, uh, but what about, uh, what about baseball? This is going to be fun. So when I was young, young, I was originally a Yankees fan because my grandmother grew up a stone's throw from Yankee Stadium. So, and she okay. lived right next door to us. So all we heard about, were the Yankees and Babe Ruth and Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle and Yankees, Yankees, Yankees. I eventually, when I was old enough, wanted my own team. So I became a Devil Rays fan. There you go. They, of course, there you go. did not accomplish anything. So when my grandmother passed, I went back to being a Yankees fan because it just makes me feel. I just like those memories of her coaching the team from her recliner and yelling at the TV. So. Yeah. So my wife's from New York. She loves every New York team. She doesn't know anything about any of them. But if they have an NY someplace, she's like, she goes, oh, Mets? Oh, yeah, go Mets. My my dad's hilarious because every April and May, he's like, this is their year. And by June, he's like, it's not their year. (laughs) This year was definitely not the Mets year. See, my problem is I like. Bad news. It won't be next year either. Yeah, right. I like teams that suck, and I want I want teams to get on. I want to be on the bandwagon before they get good, and so I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan. Thank you very much. I was a Buck fan way back, like when I was ten years old, going the old sombrero when they and the creamsicle days, the creamsicle days. Maybe I got creamsicle yeah. jerseys. Then I uh, I used to love the Red Sox. Oh, I still like the Red Sox and the Cubs because they sucked forever. Couldn't get any anywhere near the playoffs. 
I like the Orlando Magic, and you know, just because I'm here. But you have to like you have to like teams that aren't you know yeah. you got to like the Wait, teams that are in your town. Does Crandall have a basketball team? Now I'm concerned. I, I, I do, I do. They they were good. They're they're now terrible. They may be good again after getting the first pick that everybody is going crazy over. So You're a Spurs fan, I'm a Spurs fan. I yeah, have no idea. Front no idea that's how that happened. Yeah. Hey, look. Victor Wembanyama is going to be phenomenal until he snaps his leg in the third game. He is crazy. There, <laughs> he the is, but he also literally looks like a toothpick. Like he reminds me of Tim Duncan. The first game I watched him play, I didn't even realize no. it was him. Tim Duncan, in terms of like how tall he is, I was no. I looked at the TV and I'm like, that guy's like eight thousand feet tall. He reminds me of Yao him? Ming. Yeah, Tim he's humongous. Yeah. It's like an athletic Yao Ming, more athletic. Well, hey, going back to uh, doing research on your uh, on your guests and things like that, I did a like a like a five second dive into your Instagram. Uh, I oh, saw you at a best. yeah, I saw you at a, a Charlotte uh, <laughs> soccer game. Are, do you like? Do you are you a soccer fan? Because I saw you there with Orlando City people. So yes, my now that Charlotte has a team in, in our backyard, I'm like, okay, yeah, I can get on board with this. And going to the games is a blast. Charlotte, they yeah. have embraced soccer here. It's become a soccer city. It is so much fun to go to games. My sister's an Orlando fan. So what happens is every time Orlando comes to Charlotte to play, she comes down and visits and makes me take her to the game. So she's a big Orlando fan. I prefer women's soccer. I love the United States uh, women's national team. So the Charlotte team has given me an opportunity to get more into the to the men's side of things, but I just think women's soccer is more fun. In what? in fairness, in fairness, about? yeah, women's soccer is not more fun. Not entertaining at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming from somebody okay. who broadcast both. Sorry. Again, uh, hold on. You're, she's a front runner. You only like them because they win. I would just like to point out that the only reason that Charlotte has embraced the, the soccer team there is because they really felt the need to have a football team that could win a game. And hey since oh, the one who hey throws oh. the ball can't. I'm not going to argue with that. I'm My my fiance is a Panthers fan. I have to hear, I hear about it are, all the time. They are terrible. All the time. Terrible. Hey, but on the flip side, Brian Burns is going to look great on the 49ers next week when they trade. Hey, it's going to be awesome. Listen, um, you should bring your sister down to Orlando. We'll go to a uh, city game and we'll have fun there too. Uh, she's been there. She travels. She's been down there to go to get. She loves it. I don't know how she became her. an Orlando fan, but yeah. You how much alcohol can you consume before nine a.m., Kelly? Because if, if the answer is not three liters, then going to a sporting event, J Lo is probably not on your doctor. Ah, uh, okay. I mean, are we? Are, is that the part of the podcast? No, city games don't start till later. <laughs> city games start when? They start at seven. We'll, we'll be good. Yeah, yeah. That's tailgating. We'll tailgate downtown. We'll walk in with the whole, you know, the team, our, the army, and all that junk. Oh, great! Here we go. Yeah, they are. Right. I want to ask. I, I want to ask Crandall serious questions here, since we have a serious racing writer on on the podcast. Somebody whose opinion I, I value greatly. What were your uh, first honest initial thoughts on Mission Foods and HRA partnership? Oh, I love it. The thing I've been really impressed with Mission the way that they've they've come in at HRA because you want a partner and you want sponsors who are going to come in and do stuff, right? They're going to embrace the sport and they want to offer things to the fan. They want to get fans involved and they want to get the drivers and the teams involved. And to me, that's a win-win. When you have people who come in, they love the sport, they want to invest back into the sport and not just put their name on something. How can you not love that? And Mission Foods, you guys were talking about it earlier. It's just an awesome – who doesn't love tacos and Mexican food? I live off of that. I mean, 
I've been using Mission Burrito. I've been making uh, Mission Burritos uh, uh, quesadillas all week. (laughs) It's perfect. I I love it. I love it for NHRA. I love that, again, NHRA now has another partner that's that's just going to do things, that's going to put the sport out there, that's investing back in the sport. I'm sure the advertising with Mission and and their products, what they could do to get drag racing in front of people is going to be amazing. It reminds me a lot of Ally. Because Ally does that in NASCAR. They came in and they just they didn't want to just put their name on the race car. They now sponsor an entitlement sponsor of a race. They fully embrace the racetrack where they're sponsoring. They do different programs within the sport. They do different programs with their driver and they put their driver out there. So I am all for any partner that comes into any sport and doesn't just want to have their logo plastered on something. If you're going to be engaging and you're going to activate and do things, bring it. I actually think um, I may be going on a limb and some people may say I'm, I might be biased here, but I actually think that of the three major motorsports in the U S right now, I think having mission gives NHRA the, the single best partner as far as like entitlement sponsors, like NASCAR doesn't NASCAR got away from singular sponsors after the next deal sprint deal fell apart, but they went to having the, like the four, you know, primaries, it's in all the logos, but like, it's uh, like, like, okay. So it's Coke. Like I Coke, I get, you know, Coke's, I get that part and they have the whole Coke racing family of drivers, whatever, but like it's Geico and it's Xfinity. And like those ones, I, I don't really feel like there's a lot there as far as like what you can offer to fans, to engagement. I, I've been to NASCAR races. I don't feel like I see much activation or what i really know how like xfinity for example like that's a very market specific deal you know like if they don't have cable service in your area they can't really activate in your area right right um and and ntt for as great as they've been financially for indycar and sponsoring a car and i know they've done a lot of technical stuff on the back end i i still don't think that you know you could walk into a, a store with 100 people and 99 of them and that might be generous would have no clue what the hell NTT does. I mean, so like, I, I, I think just from a, from a marketing standpoint, like for NHRA to have a partner, not that camping world wasn't instantly recognizable, but like the point I brought up earlier, like camping world has a finite target of people like must like camping must have the financial means to buy a motor home or want to go rent one, like stuff like that. Right. Versus you now have a sponsor and mission, who in a similar sense to when Sprint was with NASCAR um, or back in the Winston days for everybody, right? Like, or the FedEx days for Champ Car. Like there's something that literally everybody on planet Earth knows what it is and everybody uses it. I think it's perfect. I think it gives them a one-up on the other sports as far as name brand marketability with a primary partner. It's a really good point. So in NASCAR for the truck series, Craftsman, Stanley Black & Decker came back in and they put the Craftsman logo, entitlement sponsor back on the truck series, which is what it had been in the 90s. So fans recognize that name. They know what Craftsman is. They have, if if they were fans in the 90s, they have that nostalgia of Craftsman truck series and what it is. But to our point of, okay, it's one thing to put your name on it. Now, what are you going to do? So when Craftsman came back in this year, they have what's called, uh, you might have seen it if you watch NASCAR race, they have commercials for every race. Deal of deal of the race. 
And right there on the TV, you scan the QR code and it takes you to what they're offering you, what deal, what discount of a of of a uh, of tools or whatever it may be that they're offering you that race weekend. Again, that's a way to engage. It's a way to keep people tuned in of we're not just putting our name on this. What are we doing for the fans? What are we giving to the fan? Everybody needs tools or some kind of equipment, right? Well, and also it helps with the younger age group too, when you have to scan a QR code. See, that's our problem at NHRA trying to, there's this big gap, right? You've got older ones, older fans, and then we're trying to get these younger kids that's not an HRA specific problem. Yeah, that's not. That's not an Earth problem, right? So you have, in my opinion, generally speaking, we have a we have a, a a planet Earth issue right now where you have you have fifty five plus and you have thirty ish younger, and there's a middle gap there that nobody really seems to understand or comprehend how to capture. And so everybody, like everybody's kind of moved on that middle group of like, you know, 30, 35 to 55, 60, like the call older working class doesn't really seem to embrace anything. Like they're, they're all mad at the world for different reasons. Right. Like, am I wrong? Like everyone is mad at something. But here's another problem. So you have, you have, you're absolutely correct. You have that every, every sport has that right. Where, you have the fans, you have the diehard older generation race fan or sports fan, but we're talking racing, who they've been here forever. They know what the sport is and what it should be. And they think that NASCAR or NHRA should cater and do exactly what they've been doing that made me a fan, right? Yeah. And don't get away from that. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? You're not going to get yeah. those race fans, right? And And it almost becomes like, I don't know if gatekeeping is the right word, but they become so protective and selfish of, no, this is my sport and this is how the sport should be. And anytime NASCAR, I see it all the time, anytime NASCAR comes up with anything that can be construed as trying to do something different to capture a different race fan, the diehards lose their minds because suddenly it's like, you're forgetting about me. They're not forgetting about you. There's yeah. so many things that are for you. But if you don't try to evolve and you don't try to get other race fans, you're going to die, right? Isn't, isn't that what's going to happen? Isn't the sport? <laughs> am I wrong? Reach, Kelly Crandall. No, Reach. you're right. Please, no, you're right. Please tell me if I'm wrong. No, you're right. 100%. I have never understood. I have never understood the race fan that, again, it's like they wrap their arms around the sport and they're like, no, this is how it should be. This is how it's been. And anytime like NASCAR will try to, you know, oh, we're going to, we're going to go to Chicago, right? And we're going to go, and we're going to go to LA and we're going to bring in this musical guest and we're going to bring in this celebrity for pre-race and we're going to do this, this, and this. And people lose their minds because they're convinced, well, you're not going to get those race fans anyway. How do you know that? How do you know that? Right. I just I hate the I hate the race fan that as I said they 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 gatekeep the sport and they want to they don't want any they don't want anybody else in. It's like nope, this is what we're doing. This is how it's been for 60 75 years. It's fine. Yeah. Nope. Ali just brought up and I put the comment about that's the one that I think every one of us in drag racing hears more than anything, which is bring back they need to go back to racing a quarter mile. They need to go back to 1320 feet and it's like like let it go. Like, so yeah. what, what is 20 the, years guys like come on well, that's the that's the biggest one in drag racing and i'm sure oh, yeah 
Oh yeah. Oh and yeah. No, Kelly, Kelly, let me explain something to you. Rockingham and go back to a season sure. long. Like, yeah. Right. And go, you know, go back to, you know, we don't, I don't, it's just, it's crazy. Kelly, let me tell you something. Okay. Uh, the season long point system comes up a bunch too. Uh, but I think that's in every sport that has it. Okay. But let me just tell every you something. Every sport has a playoff. Did you know, and this is a proven fact, I, I have at least 20 people who can tell you, okay, that if Top Fuel and Funny Cars started running 1,320 feet again, we would get 87 funny cars at the next race and 3.6 million people to buy tickets. Guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed. You could charge $500,000 a ticket and people would be lining up out front, taking out second mortgages on their house because we're back to 13. The 320 feet are going to revolutionize the sport. People will skip the Super Bowl to watch top fuel qualifying if we run the quarter mile. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. Dude, or if you get rid of that DJ in the stands, that we might show up and pay whatever. Because People might actually show up if we got rid of the DJ in the stands. But I honestly, have a question, though, about that, J-Lo. Yeah. No, no, go ahead and finish. I but saying, I, I do because, because that every major, like tonight, I've got a DJ drummer act uh, for opening night at, uh, at the Orlando Magic. And uh, the, the stick and ball events get that the music is part of the whole process, right? And before, I'd say 10 years ago out of the NHRA, it was like, hey, let's send out Team Bella Yellow to run around and act like idiots. And let's, you know, da, 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 you know here comes the circus and we'll shoot you T-shirts. Uh, but heaven forbid you play any freaking music at these things. And it's, but it, we started it last year, like full blown. And it's taken probably this race, of, of the you know last race of this race for people to kind of go okay all right i guess it's fine you know literally all this season it's like eh. so yeah so part, part of part of our problem too is like drag racing specifically you talked about her like sensory sport but we're also in a i feel like in a similar vein to baseball of all the motorsports we're the most like statistically i don't want to call it dependent or reliant but like we we live a lot historically on statistics right like baseball is that way as well, right? Like I don't think many people really freak out over like basketball players averaging 30 points a game, but like people would freak out if somebody hit 400 baseball, right? And like we live in this like statistics driven sport and drag racing. And like, I, I, I can't tell you how many people like they think the fix is to go back to the quarter. First off, we don't need a fix, okay? Mission Foods just signed, Camping World just extended. Uh, I personally know of a pretty major sponsorship announcement coming uh in in the coming weeks on multiple regards as well um on on different things like there there are some big things happening the fox ratings are as good as they've ever been we've sold out multiple days at numerous races this year like drag racing is literally as healthy as it has ever been um since i was born right and i set records over the past three or four races literally like it's wild how healthy the sport is but like people like oh go to the quarter mile like it'll fix everything and i'm like okay great we're gonna go to the quarter mile okay like you think it's gonna bring cars back it's gonna drive cars away like that costs money it's 320 feet the car's gotta run longer they're gonna hurt more parts and blow stuff up well but then you gotta slow them down okay but then you're gonna bitch that we slowed the cars down right like oh my gosh now the world is ending because they're not running 340 miles per hour anymore like uh, honestly that's part of why shout out to phillips connect like the 308th deal i felt like was such a big deal and like as we add cars to that is going to continue and like it's not going to happen in vegas i don't think i mean i could be wrong but it's going to be insane but just with the altitude and whatnot but come pomona i definitely think it will like, like that that was such a big thing to add that to our like list and 
if we had a way to maybe speed the pro stock cars up a little bit and have a 215 club or something, you know, like stuff like that, like embrace that stuff. The fans should have, the 300 to the eighth, I thought was such a big deal. And like a top fuel car <clears throat> is going to run 340 at some point, And that should be a big deal too. But like, you know, fans want, they want to go backwards while yeah. also going forwards. And, and like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't work. I like same in the NASCAR world, right? Like the NASCAR yeah. fans all want to go back to, like the the 80s and whatnot and it's like okay great like you know well make the cars harder to drive and do this and that and like okay great also we could kill a driver every other week like nobody liked that, those days the thing that bugs me the most is it happens on social media and it happens on sirius xm whether i mean whether i'm listening or i'm co-hosting but the fans who will call in and will reference well, that's not what happened, or that's not how Dale did it. I'm like, Dale, okay, Dale, Dale was great, but that was 1992. Okay, right. you know, that that's come on now. There's just I understand that there's part of the sports yet that yes, you want to hang on to, and there's and there's there's ways to to serve that race fan and to keep that part of the sport alive but i also am one of those that i'm sorry i'm always going to believe that you have to be finding ways to evolve whether it's have to whether it's with the, the the product whether it's the car whether it's what we're delivering to race fans we talked earlier about you know race fan experience the playoff format i was one of those when the playoff format came to nascar the the elimination format when that came in 2014 the original format came in 2004. And I think at that point, everybody was like, all right, every sport has a playoff. It is what it is. There were certainly people who didn't like it. When the elimination format came in 2014, where it was broken down into three race rounds and we were eliminating people after each round, I was one of those that I was pissed. I didn't like it. I thought it was a gimmick. I'm like, this is stupid. This sounds this sounds like it's entertainment versus racing. But then I, I've watched over the last couple of years of how it's played out. And you look at other sports and, and the playoffs and other sports. And I love it. It keeps people entertained because we're going to Martinsville this weekend. And Joe Gibbs Racing has two drivers who everyone thought all year were just pencil them into Phoenix. Pencil them into the finale. They're going to be two of the final four. And both of them could be eliminated this weekend. Yeah, they're pretty much must wins. Right. They're below the cut yeah. line. Right. Yeah. Meanwhile, in F1, you have Max Verstappen who won the championship like seven months early. Yeah. Right. So, again, I mean, there's pros and cons to everything, but I, I'm never going to be one that thinks that NASCAR or any sport should sit on their hands and just say, you know what? We're good with what got us here. It's not I actually like love it. the elimination format of NASCAR. I really do. Like, I, I'm not sure that it, it necessarily so fits in the HRA world, but like, I, I, t I, I do. Kelly and I talked about this. I do a weekly NASCAR segment out here uh, on the West Coast on on a chain of radio networks, and uh, and and I we talk about it all the time that like the the playoff format, like this time of year, um, you know, like everybody out here loves Kevin Harvick because he's from this part of the country, and mm -hmm. so that he always comes up and like. Once we got into the playoffs, it was like, well, what are the chances Kevin's going to win a race at this point? Like, that was always a topic. And once he got bounced, I literally, like, I, zero. What are his chances? 
one percent, right? Because there's always that percent. Well, well, why not? Why not? It's because if you look at the history of the NASCAR playoffs, when you get to this time of the year, down to the final eight cars, like how many races of the final four races of the year since 2014 have been won by a non-top eight driver? It's probably less than five. And in the championship race, I I think there's one race, right? Since they went to the one race championship, I think one time it has not been won by somebody who was in the final four. I mean, it's yeah, I, th- I think it's so. wild. Yeah, because Harvick won it. Harvick won the race in the championship in 2014. Kyle won the race in the championship in 2015. I think Jimmy. No, Jimmy might have won it. Look at, look at Kelly rattling all this off. Yeah. Look at Kelly Truex, rattling all this off. Truex in 17. Logano in 18. Kyle in 19. Chase in 20. Larson I'm pretty. Three. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, that she's doing I don't all know. That. The only one that I can think of that maybe didn't win the race in the championship would have been Jimmy in 2016. But the more I think about it, I think he won the race in the championship. I don't think See? there's ever been someone who has not had to win the race to win the championship. Put the best athletes in their sport in the world under the most pressure, and you are going to get results. So. Kevin Harvick, you used him as an example. Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin, look at how many races they won in 2020, right? We go into the playoffs. Kevin Harvick had won nine races, and he didn't make the championship yeah. race. Yeah. It would have been a rain in Texas, and that was it. Right. Because in those three races, they either got caught up in someone else's problem or they made their own mistakes, yep. and they didn't advance to the championship. Yeah. I think it's entertaining yeah. as hell. I don't. I don't understand why people don't like it. I think it's awesome. I don't it's like the stage why. wins. I don't like. I don't like how that plays into the mix. I don't like. Oh, I won stage one of this race. Yeah, I go back and forth on that. Uh, that's the only thing I don't like. But just now, keep running them. Let's go. Come on, stop with here's the cautions. Something, here's something that I literally had this conversation a couple weeks ago. Something in drag racing that you all do that I wish we could bring to NASCAR, but I haven't fit. I honestly sat down and tried to map out how it would work, and I haven't come up with a format. The Pep Boys All-Star Call-Out. That's cool. I would love that in NASCAR. Like some sort of call-out feature function deal? Right, because, listen, I'm sure drag racers can talk shit with the best of them, but NASCAR drivers can talk the bestest shit to each other. And I The weird thing is drag racers... Drag racers talk an insane amount of shit to each other behind the scenes and about yes, each other, but they, but I mean. they they don't want to bring it like it, it drives yeah. me nuts. Like as somebody whose job is to do like interviews and stuff, like I know yep. it drives Amanda crazy too. Like we're like try like like literally we'll be standing there and somebody I won't throw anybody under the bus, but like I think we all know some of the drivers will sit there and say like they will drop the hammer on somebody, and then you ask them a question to walk them into it, and they're like, I'd really like to thank my my FedEx, uh, Honda, like I'm just naming. I blame I blame NASCAR for that though. And you're like, what the hell? Like, like tell me know, what you just told me. You know they don't like each other, and you right. have teed it up perfectly, and they right. won't hit the ball. And in, and, and I, I feel like if we brought that to NASCAR, that not all of them, but there are certain drivers that would eat that all. They would eat that oh, up. Yeah. Denny oh, Hamlin, yeah. Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch. Joey Logano, I mean, Ross Chastain, that would just they would they would go like who was no who was the driver that won a race and they all were booing him and he goes hey I just beat your champ 
Who was that? Oh, who that did? one specifically. If you were talking yeah. about who gets booed after winning races, it's a long list. But that specifically <laughs> was Benny Hamlin. Everybody Dude, not named a, I, everybody not named Chase Elliott. Who yeah, gets booed after winning races? Chase yeah, Elliott. when he said, yeah. "I just beat your champ," and he just, oh. I was like, "Come on, dude, that guy's awesome." I'm so, trying to think here, like, so, like, what if we did, like, a, what if we, like, what, like, you could do this at, like, Martinsville, I feel like, or Bristol, where you had, like, two cars, like, two-lap sprint race, like, you know, higher qualified car gets, gets lane choice, they want, you want the inside or the outside, like, two-car sprint race, boom, boom, and just, like, run down the line, like, elimination style, I think it's about, like, the only way that would really work. You can so be entertaining. I tried, to do. I tried to sit here and, and yeah. I tried to think of, okay, you all incorporated into your normal race weekend. So it's not extra runs. I was trying sure. to think, how could we do that in NASCAR to where teams don't feel like they're doing extra with the car? So I, yeah, I wish, I wish there was a way to do it. I, I would love what to if you, What if you, what if yeah. like, what if you like threw out qualifying for a race? Okay. Like let's say Bristol or Martinsville, like short track. We're going to just throw qualifying out. We're not qualifying this weekend. Instead, we're going to do call-outs. And if you, like, points leader gets to pick. Points leader is Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin calls out Chase Elliott. Like, I wouldn't call out Chase Elliott first, but maybe he does, right? And, like, boom. I mean, the way Chase is running this year, I would. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, but, like, would you call him out or Zane Smith, right? Like, so, like, sprint race, two laps. First one to the finish line moves into the next round. The other one starts 36th. Like, and and that's how you qualified the cars in like a ladder format like that. And like, don't get any of the drivers out of the cars. Let them sit there, like almost like a heat race deal, you know. I bet you you there's a way to make that work where it moves a, pretty quickly. There, yeah, there is a way to do it. But it I also guess. like it would be fun for qualifying, then you start a 500 lap race and after 80 laps it wouldn't matter. So yeah. Or what if you did it like uh, one? There was two. Uh, they'd start and they get a half track, and the other two start kind of like velodrome uh, cycling. And they <laughs> like that. That would be awesome. That yeah. is not like uh, Tony Stewart, who one year was trying to convince, de like deadpan, stone face, trying to tell everybody to run, you know, a figure eight at the, on the backstretch of Talladega. <laughs> Let's go. Listen, by the way, so hey, we're going to end this thing here, but I want to ask you this question. How big is, uh, I mean, we already see it, whatever. How big of a deal is it that Tony Stewart's over here? Owning cars, racing cars in NASCAR and HRA. Well, it's the, okay. Let me let me reword J Lo's question. Yeah. How much does the how much does the NASCAR world? How much has the NASCAR world taken notice of that? Um. Who? Well, who do you mean specifically? Fans. I'm, I'm just I'm anybody. just curious. Fans. You're talking, you're team talking owners. about fans. So with fans, it's split. You have the fans who, because I've made it a point. I mean, I feel like I cover drag racing well enough right and and but certainly with tony is i've made it a point to try to to tweet as much information about what tony is doing when he's driving that because people want to know so you have it split you have fans if you're talking about race fans who love it because he's kind of like a kyle larson or an aj foyt whoever it may be that you love to see them just jump in anything and they can succeed in anything and they love the fact that he's gone over there and like I said, they'll follow my tweets and be like, that's so cool. How did he do? So on and so forth. You have the diehard specific just NASCAR fans. Um, there's another section who anytime I tweet about Tony Stewart and NHRA, whether it's something that he's done or what his teams have done, what Leah and Matt have done, 
like clockwork in my timeline will be the race fans that freak the F out because he's not spending enough time in NASCAR. He doesn't care about NASCAR anymore. His cars run like shit in NASCAR and he's off enjoying NHRA. So from a fan perspective, you have it split from an industry perspective. I don't really know. I think there's people who have paid more attention now that he's driving. I think they find it fascinating to see him make that adjustment. Um, it just, yeah, it breaks down to who it, it breaks down to who you're asking. Right. I wonder how curious, like, like how much owners think about the fact that they can look at Tony's nitro cars and see him like bringing in new sponsors who haven't really been part of, you know, it's not just mobile one rush truck centers anymore. Right. Like he's bringing in sponsors that weren't part of racing, haven't been part of the NASCAR team. Um, you know, like I, I would be curious how much to pay because the, the yeah. cost of entry for NHRA is so much cheaper than it is for NASCAR, at least from a bang for the buck that, standpoint. That's a good point. And I think the better example there, Galvin, is Rick Ware, because in NASCAR, people look at Rick Ware and they say, well, that team can't accomplish anything. They're they're not even trying that's not true. I'm just telling you what fans say, right? Right, sure. You know, they, they don't they don't put much into what Rick Ware's cars are doing in NASCAR. But then, as I've tried to explain to people, is the business model in NHRA is is much different to where Rick, as you all know, went drag racing, invested in drag racing, and look at how successful that team is. They are a race-winning, playoff-contending team, whereas that's not a thought right now for them in NASCAR. So I think for race fans and team owners and people, they look at that maybe a little bit more of just, if you're looking at it from a business perspective of how different things are of, sure, you know, because again, there's a lot, and certainly right now, there's a lot of talk about money and ROI and how expensive things are in NASCAR and the health of the sport and the health of the race teams. But then you can look at you know, what these guys are doing in other sports and, and how successful they are and how much money they are or are not spending. So I think Rick Ware, in, if you're talking about that, is probably a better example than Tony. I love it. Kelly, thank you so much. <laughs> Jason Galvin, are you not smarter today? I'm always smarter when I talk to Kelly Crandall. No kidding. The problem, the problem is, the problem is my overall level of smartness probably didn't improve because it was Mine counterbalanced by you world. dragging me down. Yeah, but I had the counterbalance of you pulling me down. Right. Didn't really you. help there. So you got both Kelly and I. So instead of going to like here, which you normally get with me, you went way up there. I went like a okay. rocket ship. I started to do this and then and then I had to deal with you and it just. Yeah, I'm awake. I get it. I, I, I definitely bring <laughs> people down. Well, Kelly. But I'm looking so forward much. to the Fan Fest tomorrow. It's going to be great. Yeah, Fan Fest. It'll be awesome. Jason, feel free to pick up a mic and talk to people. Uh, because I'll think about it. Again, we've covered it right here. You're smarter than I am at this sport. So <laughs> I will be in Martinsville, but I'll have one eye on what you guys are doing this weekend in Vegas, of course. So, well, of course. And again, we look at NASCAR too the whole time as well. So, yes. Have fun in Virginia. That's where Martinsville is. What? Yes. <laughs> Super smart. <laughs> Bye, Kelly <laughs> Crandall. <laughs> There she goes, Kelly Crandall. She's awesome, dude. I love her, uh, and I you. give her so much thank crap you. in a in a media center, and it's so great. And uh, she was gonna come on here and yell at me one day, and she didn't. And we could go on for like, Kelly, we could have gone on for like forty five minutes about you yelling at me. I apologize for not doing that. That's okay. Listen, the longer you keep me around, as you have seen, I get a little obnoxious and I just start rambling. But I love talking Excellent. about. Race, so. I love it. 
Excellent. I love it. As Very I throw excellent. her back out in the, back in the green room. Yes, exactly. um, Jason Galvin, when do you get into Vegas? No, 11 a.m. 10 a.m. I get in at, 10 a.m. I get in at like 1. Oh, yeah, you're West Coast. So, yeah, you're easy. I got to fly yeah, to L.A. and then Vegas. I have a 37-minute flight from Burbank to Vegas tomorrow. It's going to be great. Oh, so, that's so 37 amazing. Minutes. That's so amazing. I'm flying to L.A. The plane goes up and comes down. They literally don't even like serve you. Like there's no drink service usually because it's dude, that's so much better. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta fly to L.A.X. and then my hour flight. Wait, you land at one in Vegas? Yeah. Wow, you're gonna miss the fan fest. No, fan fest is at five. Dude, it takes four hours. Well, if it does, then you guys better get out there and figure it out for me because I, I did tell him I go listen. It's going to take a minute. I'll come straight to the track or to the Fremont, but who knows? We'll see you there. Vegas this weekend. We didn't even talk about what we're going to do, but that's what, listen, we we have another podcast for. We don't have a plan. Yeah. No plan. Yeah. No plan. We're going to party. We're going to have some good times. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for coming and watching the one, the only Life's a Drag podcast. We'll see you guys in Vegas. Have a great weekend.